Hello and welcome back to the After Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, my co-presenter, Brad Morris. Now, this is obviously the podcast in which we talk everything to do with football from around the world. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you like and subscribe, whether you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, or Acast. And as I said, I'm joined by Brad Allen. The Champions League hasn't let us down this week, you has know, you it? You could almost say we were going to have a party over it, but that was not allowed, remember? So. Wow. Well. I mean, some parties are allowed, but <laughs> the less said about that, the better. I don't know, I might add more jokes in there, but yeah. <laughs> We've been rewarded this year at the group stage. It has delivered like good points for us to talk about. Yes. Um, one team that definitely won't be having a party is the club from Catalan in Spain that are in despair. Barcelona. They've lost 3-0 to Bayern Munich and for the first time in 20 years they will not be in the knockout stages of the Champions League. Less parties, more funerals. Yeah. This is really now just an accumulation of the sad, sorry state of affairs that have gone over the last 18 months, two years at that club now. Yeah. They've hit... You always wonder, can they go any lower and yes they absolutely can because this is one of their most embarrassing moments this century I genuinely I don't think I could name another one in recent times I mean they only scored two goals in the whole Champions League campaign for a team of Barcelona's calibre that is nowhere nowhere near good enough it was a joke for years but Messi's carrying them but yeah that's no longer a joke anymore he really was carrying them yeah <laughs> like there's carrying a team and then there's what Messi had clearly done to this Barcelona team over the last 20 years because like you said they are now nothing without that man no, and they're nothing without being a part of the top tier of world football as one Spanish newspaper described that it was a resignation from the football elite oh yeah 100% they're now slowly morphing into what Arsenal have become I was going to use more I was going to use more Spanish references they have now become Valencia yeah they really have become a modern day Valencia in the sense that they might get into the air odd European competition they've lost all their best players financial debt is hitting them and sooner or later Gary Neville will be managing them I was thinking about David Moyes who to be honest is probably very very much a fit for the job I think he would do too good of a job there it's a downgrade for him at the minute leaving West Ham to Barcelona yeah and if he's lucky enough he'll be over to Bayern mm-hmm Although we've not seen well, the seedings. I don't, I don't know how the seedings... We don't really know how the seedings are working with the Europa League when it comes to the teams coming down for the Champions League and topping the group. From what from what I've seen, I don't think they can play West Ham. Although I'm not 100% really uh, positive on that. Uh, ju- don't take my word. We'll find out uh, next week when the uh, draws are made as they will be taking place on... Monday afternoon, I believe. Monday morning, uh, which is a bummer for us if we're recording the Sunday night, like we tend to do. <laughs> yes. 
Um, either way, this is just peak embarrassment now for Barcelona. I mean, the biggest problem is that being in the Champions League as long as possible gets them the finances that they need to help recover the debt. Now, yes, they're still in a European competition, but it's not as wealthy as the Champions League. And I've just uh, got the six opponents who they could face in the round of 16, or round of 32, sorry. Rangers, Napoli, Olympiacos, Lazio, Braga, or Dinamo Zagreb. Yeah, so when you look at that, there's some nice ones, but two of them there, they'd want to avoid a Lazio and Napoli, I feel. I'd even think Olympiacos they would want to avoid. I don't know too much on Olympiacos, so I, I can't I, comment I, I genuinely don't think they would beat them. But, um, I'd have been interested yeah. to see them play Rangers under Gerrard. Mm. But that would be some sort of reunion for them if they play Rangers because wasn't Giovanni Van Bronckhorst at Barcelona that's what I instantly thought as well but yeah if we go back to the the financial issues as well mm-hmm. because there's they have sponsorship deals that will run out at some yep. point as well so yeah even though Pez have dropped down massively there's no way they're staying with Barcelona <laughs> oh no I mean, you you would expect now, over the next 12 months or so, you will see a lot of star-name players even leave the club. Like, I know they came out recently and said they want Frankie de Jong to stay, but if they financially can't afford to keep him, Busquets, PK, they're going to have to go. I mean, we said in terms of league position they aren't getting... Uh, Champions League football at the minute. I don't even know whether they would be getting Europa League or the Conference League. Uh, so, why would you stay with a club who can't offer you any sort of European football? Exactly, you just wouldn't. Mm. But it also comes down to well, who would want you at the end of the day as well. I mean, Frankie de Jong, most teams would want because he's a top class talent. But yeah, but you, you look at some of the oldest the well. players. I think Barcelona would have to take anything though at the minute. Yes, they might say we want 100, 200 million and you might have like a 700 million release clause, but no team's going to pay that. It'll be one of them where you'll see maybe 100 to 125 million for players like Frankie de Jong. And Barcelona realistically will have to accept it because of the dire straits that they are in financially. Oh, maybe. If, if they ends up coming down to that, it could happen, yeah. Mm. But finally, on Barcelona, before we have a look at the rest of the teams, the fact that they finished third in that group and managed to get seven points somehow really is baffling. I mean, it, literally, their only goals came against uh, Dinamo Kiev, both 1 0 uh, wins, and then. Their other point came from drawing with Benfica, who have gone through. Like, never in a million years, even before this season started, and you looked at that Champions League group, you wouldn't have said Barcelona wouldn't go through. No, I think at the start we would have said should be Bayern and Barca pretty easily. 
like with Bayern mm. winning that group. But when you oh, look yeah. now in hindsight, it's like it's, it's a challenge for this Barca team who are just completely abject of anything of quality. Yeah, well, I, d- I, I don't know what needs to happen to this squad now because they're on, what, about their third or fourth manager in about five, six years. They're losing key players. The rebuilding process isn't going well. It's... It's a worrying state of affairs to be in for that club. It is, but you just feel like they have to go through... Well, it is the rebuild. Just yeah. a few years down mid-table, putting a lot of faith in the youngsters and hoping that in years gone by the name still holds meaning and players do want to come when they hopefully get their finances back together. If they get their finances back together, that is... Yeah, and that's obviously the big question of this. Mm-hmm. But with missing now and being a mid-table team, you lose a lot of that revenue from European football, like I said, and all this. So it's it's a catch-22. Like You want to be getting European football to help you get back to where you need, but at the same time, like you say, they need to become that mid-table team to just alleviate some of the pressure off them and be able to do a full rebuild properly yeah I, I, don't, I don't know how you do it at this point but no hmm. I want to move on there <laughs> yes um, let's it's head over to because that's just depressing talk about Barca yes so um, oh, here's a laugh for you Manchester City losing 2-1 to uh, RB Leipzig and Kyle Walker getting sent off as well I mean I know they were already through, but it's just like you were through already, lads. But Jesus Christ, don't take it that fucking lightly. Like they still could have finished. I know they couldn't have finished second in their group. Like they were nailed on first place. Uh, But still, it was um, really bad turnout for Pep Guardiola's side. I mean, he made a few changes, but nothing too drastically to that squad. But they should still have been beating a really poor Leipzig team from this season. I mean, we mentioned it in the podcast uh, at the start of the week how bad Leipzig have been this season. And the fact that Jesse Marsh has been sacked from the club, yet they somehow managed to be a really strong Man City society, apart from obviously the keeper changing over. It's the new manager bounce, it even works in Germany. Mm hmm. But but, yeah, uh, the, the, just, the one, the one thing, can I say the one thing I saw from this that just annoyed me uh-huh. greatly was did you see the picture of Phil Foden and Jack Grealish pre match? In them rolled up jeans. Poor Jack Grealish has been there four months and now he's already dressing like Pep Guardiola. I mean, just why do the. Like, yeah, the club may not want the players to wear suits and want a more relaxed feeling, but. Just do what they do in America. Allow them to wear their own clothes. Don't put on this horrible branded clothing. It looks awful. But it wasn't even that that annoyed me. It was the jeans. I hate the ones that oh, yeah, you the, can see. The roll-up bits. Oh, just no. no. We're not back in 2000. Poor Jack Nobody Grealish has got to deal with Boohoo, man, and he's forced to wear all that shit. Mm, absolutely awful for the lad. He was wearing uh, Sports Direct gear. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I saw um, 
a picture of him and he looks like a reject from E17 in that small direct stuff yeah it, I mean, uh, he almost had Villa fans saying that he wanted to stay another day <laughs> oh that is awful that's the not a good one for me if I'm being there. honest I tried to work in a day <laughs> I knew you'd go there but I was going to say how the hell is he going to hmm. try and work that E17 reference into that joke yeah, I'm sure it'll be alright though Oh, for God's sake, please stop. <laughs> anyway, that let's continue. actually a low-key banger. <laughs> mm, not too bad. Um, let's continue with the rest of our Champions League roundup. Uh, we'll head over to the other game in the Group A, PSG warning uh, 4-1 against Club Bruges. Messi and Mbappe running the show there. Messi, Messi. <laughs> can, can only do it against small teams. Yeah. Um into group B now and we'll start off with the game that didn't have as much craziness happen to it, except that Divakarigi uh is definitely getting his statue now. If this man doesn't get anything. Wait, this man at least at the minimum deserves a suite named after him. He is their ultimate cult hero. Yes. Yeah, sweet. Rename the Kenny Dalglish stand after the Vokariki. Just give him anything he wants. Re- give, rename the cop after him. Might as well. Rename the club after him at this rate. He's done that much for them in recent time. Now, they should at least name... It'd be fair, you know, where the corner flag is from the famous goal against Barca. If there's something yeah. there in that corner, he needs something in that. And he needs the to say the corner, corner. corner taken quickly under it. Yes. Um, 2-1 win for Liverpool over AC Milan. Obviously, Liverpool were already uh, through to the knockout stages. And Jurgen Klopp's side become the first English side ever to win all six games uh, in their group stages, which is a surprising feat that, that hadn't been done before. No, weird. Who knew? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, if, if I the last thing I need is, uh, yeah, I was gonna say I deserve AC Milan deserve like credit. Even their fans, like the Tifa before, was amazing, and mm. I didn't know that they sang the Champions v- at the anthem. No, I didn't. Um, Glorious. Definitely, definitely one of the best things in there. Um, unfortunately for them, though, there is no more European football for the rest of the season as they have finished bottom of the group. Uh, the other game that took place was between Atletico Madrid and Pepe because he, at one point he definitely felt like he took on their whole squad. It was, if you go off that one picture, it's just Pepe versus the world. Mm-hmm. I mean... Like they always say, once a Madrid stat, always a Madrid stat. And he definitely Ad- showed... Atletico, his, uh, when they go down to 10 men, is an amazing sight. <laughs> yes. I mean, that game, literally, once Carrasco got sent off, just turned into carnage. It was beautiful. Yes. Um, Atletico did end up winning the game 3-1 in the end and join Liverpool in the knockout stages. Right, we'll just do a quick recap of the rest of the group stories. Um, 
Ajax beat Sporting Lisbon 4-2 to finish top of their group again doing the same as Liverpool winning all six games so Eric and Hag Eric Ten Hag is doing a good uh, job for Manchester United fans wanting him to become their next manager. I think you'll find you're sticking with the current bloke because he's doing such a good job, isn't he? Well, we can get on to them lot in a second. Uh, Borussia Dortmund have dropped down to the Europa Conference League despite beating Besiktas 5-0. Um, they finish on a worse goal difference than Sporting Lisbon who go through in second place there. In Group D, Real Madrid finished top of their group. Uh, they beat Inter Milan 2-0 and the other game in their group saw Shakhtar Donetsk and Sheriff Tiraspol finish 1-1. So Inter Milan joined Real Madrid in the last 16 and Sheriff Tiraspol drop into the Europa League. Uh, we've already spoke about the Barcelona group so we'll finish off with the last three groups. Man United finished top of their group despite a poor performance in a 1-1 draw with Young Boys though them themselves were full of young boys in that squad yeah he took the young boys thing literally and figuratively mm. that whole bench I mean if excluding Tom Heaton I genuinely don't know what the average age of that bench would it may have been about 19 I need to ask I'd have, I've got to ask why did Tom Heaton come on Bants yeah because there was no injury was there He's no, already he just gone. Purely for the bounce. <laughs> Why? Just give him, just give him a run out, innit? Why not? But uh, yeah. Tom, what am I paying you for? <laughs> Get out of there. Exactly. Um, other than that, it was good to see the youngsters that did get come on. Uh, obviously, you got Sherlock Shortier, who many United fans know because he's come through the academy uh, and been a bright spark. Ted Mengi, who spent last season on loan at. Derby, uh, Zidane Iqbal becoming the first British South Asian player to play for a Premier League team and in the Champions League, and uh, Charlie Savage, who has the unfortunate thing of being Robbie Savage's son. <laughs> I was going to find, try and find a way. <laughs> no, we, we have to be nice with this one. Imagine that as Robbie Savage seeing your son debut for the same team that you did. Yes. Well, let's hope he has a more successful career at Man United than Robbie did. It's not asking for much, though. <laughs> no, I mean, it genuinely isn't asking for much. But, yeah, United go through. Uh, the other team, their group that went through was Villarreal versus Atalanta, which had to be rescheduled for Thursday night after incredible amount of snow in... Uh, it was a tidy bit of snow. Atalanta is. Bergamo, there we go. I couldn't think of where Atalanta was then. Uh, and finally, last two groups. Uh, group G saw Lille and Salzburg go through, uh, finishing on 11 and 10 points. Sevilla dropped down to the Europa League. And in Group H, Juventus finished top of the group, Chelsea finished second, and Zenit finished third. So it leads for some tasty ties potentially uh, when the draw takes place next week, which we will have our reaction to it's when it happens probably um, the podcast before... that comes out this time next week yes or I might try and get a video out on our YouTube channel um, before we head to our usual Premier League preview we know we don't like these other European competitions unless our teams are in it which at this minute in time neither are but um, the Europa League Leicester City 
How the hell have they managed to bottle that? Yeah, I don't know. Their group is pretty tough. Like Napoli, obviously doing so well in Serie A as well. And then the mm. other teams around them, they're not easy places to go to. Oh, no. I mean, they are always hard teams. Spartak Moscow and Legia Warsaw, two very hard teams also to face for uh, Leicester City, but they've managed to finish third in that group and have now dropped down into the Europa Conference League, which Brendan Rodgers didn't know anything about, <laughs> which was all of us at the start of this season, if I'm not mistaken. None of us knew what the hell that competition was. No, and if you want our thoughts on the Europa Conference League, just watch the video of an incident that happened at the Partizan Belgrade game. I forgot who they played. But if you see the video, the only thing you need to know is a dog got onto the pitch, took a big fat shit on it. Yes. Uh, Speaking on the Europa Conference League, Spurs had to postpone their game against Rennes. on Thursday night due to an outbreak of COVID in their squad amongst players and staff. Obviously, we're wishing all of their people a speedy recovery. Uh, However, it does mean whenever this rescheduled game does take place, which I believe has to take place before the turn of the new year, uh, according to UEFA rules, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure I saw something about that the other day. You'd, you'd think so, because if you'd seen they had to cancel the Mura and Vitesse one, which didn't go too well with both of those clubs, considering the timing. Uh, uh, no, them two have played their last game. But they played it. Yeah, they played it. Mura played uh, Vitesse, and Vitesse Arnhem won 3 1. Well, yeah. I, I don't know what the group is. I think that means Spurs have to win now, something like that. Yeah, they the Spurs are currently in third place and have to win uh, by a positive goal difference. Otherwise, uh, they will get knocked out of the Europa Conference League. Uh, as a quick look at that, um, right on to the Premier League preview now, and not many interesting games to look at this weekend. Apart from all eyes will be on. Anfield on Saturday afternoon as the return of the prodigal son takes place. As Steven Gerrard takes his Aston Villa side to take on Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. I'll let you run away with this preview as you're the Villa fan here. Are you sure? I mean, I don't have one. We all know what the story is. Gerrard's back at Anfield mm. and he's trying, he's doing a good job of deflecting the narrative which we all know is forefront but uh oh yeah I mean, yeah over the next 24 give... hours or so before the game takes place literally it's all anyone's going to be talking about like Gerard's reunion with the club no one's going to be talking about the actual game itself are they well no, I think they should because we're on a good run of form Liverpool playing very well there's a lot of history now in this fixture given when this fixture happened over a year ago at Villa Park and even the last one Anfield was close they had to score in the last minute to beat us Mm. Um, I think though if you're Villa players with all the attention being on the manager it's actually good for you because they can carry on with their preparations and it allows them to flow more naturally coming into this game and I think that is more of a benefit 
benefit, you know, benefiting factor for them, uh, with the attention not being on them despite their good run of form and obviously Liverpool being in good run of form themselves and obviously with Liverpool playing in uh, Europe this week although Klopp did make eight changes you're hoping that Villa having that week's worth full of preparation will give them a slight edge You no, the hope is that it will but if I know Jürgen Klopp he will so have that 7-2 on his mind He'll be going oh, to yeah, this thinking, 100%. Come on, lads, we've got to batter these up. <laughs> yeah. And anything can happen in this Premier League season, 100%. Uh, definitely going to be something to pay attention to. We do actually have a game tonight uh, to take place between Brentford and Watford. Two teams at the bottom end of the Premier League table. Despite Brentford's good start, they have gone on a slippery road since. Um, obviously, they drew with Leeds last time out um, first season they're having kind of a season I was expecting um, pretty even in terms of like wins, draws and losses and then you look at Watford themselves who have changed manager and now had three defeats in a row it's not really the best uh, for run of form for Watford and probably a good time for Brentford to be playing them no, I, see, I think it's a mixed one for both of them because you've got to remember this was a championship picture last season and yeah. I look at Watford and I go well they've got goals in them which compared to Brentford they've sort of lacked slightly Ivan Tony's not done bad but he's not hit the ground running if that's how you want to call it it's mm. a close one and it will this will be a big determining factor for both of them whether they will well and truly be in a relegation bell yeah, 100% agree with that. I mean, if Watford do lose tonight and then uh, Burnley get a win on uh, Sunday, then it would see Watford slip into the bottom three, which, I mean, is just going further and further. Case in point of what I said when Ranieri was appointed about the tough set of fixtures. And this is a type of game that Watford need to win. I was going to say, it would have also meant they've slightly regressed. Under as well, which means he's probably going to get sacked. Yes. Um, right, a look at the rest of the fixtures, and another standout fixture is Arsenal versus Southampton on Saturday. Arsenal, not uh, in the good run that they were recently. They've lost their last two games in a row now. They've, uh, as I said at the weekend, they lost their last three away games. It's not all fine and dandy as many Arsenal fans are thinking. No, they had us all going thinking, oh, we're a Champions League team, look at us, here we go. You jokers. You absolute jokers. You had us going exactly. for a second, but welcome back to the banter era. As the meme goes, you had us in the first half, not going to lie. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I to, yeah. I have to Did you see the... It was the image that went round of Arsenal's wins this season. I haven't seen the image, but I have had a look at their results this season, yes. All of their wins are against teams at the bottom half. Except Leicester. Ex oh no, Leicester, Leicester are now bottom, bottom half, half, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they're they 11th. Uh, yeah, I mean, even with that Leicester game, 
who you would class as like a normal top six, seven side, Leicester were diabolical in that game. So yeah, they haven't beaten anyone of means. Yeah, if we're being nice to them, then you know you can only be what's in front of you, and obviously they've done that well. But you ain't going to be a Champions League side if you can't beat those around you. Exactly, and it is definitely um, should be some sort of worrying factor for Mikel Arteta's side. And then Southampton in reverse, they've drawn their last two games against Brighton and Leicester. Um, again, and it's another disappointing season for the Saints. You would really expect them to be kicking on and moving further up the table now, but they just aren't doing it at the time. I swear I'd seen something with Hassan Hutter as well on his current record. It's similar to that of when Coman was close to being sacked. Oh, Jesus Christ, that is not... Or was that uh, Everton? I don't remember if it was Southampton or Everton. It was one or the other. I think it was Southampton. But yeah, they're not mm. in a good run. I think we called this a little bit. Well, I called this. I didn't think Southampton were going to have a particularly good season. No. There's no goals. Yeah, everything just dried up for them. Um, elsewhere this weekend on Saturday, we have Manchester City versus Wolves in the lunchtime kickoff. And then the other two three o'clock kickoffs, we have Chelsea versus Leeds, which could be a really good game to watch. And uh, obviously, Liverpool. Well, it's not a derby. They, they, I call it a derby. It's not a derby, but they are fierce rivals with one another, apparently. Yes. Uh, and obviously, we mentioned uh, the Liverpool versus Aston Villa game, and then the half-five kickoff sees Norwich host Ralph Rangnick's Manchester United side. Which, if United don't thump these motherfuckers four or five now, then I'm going to be disappointed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, and then on Sunday, have obviously, you seen the Gagan press? <laughs> um, then on Sunday, we obviously spoke about Tottenham's situation. So their game against Brighton has been uh, postponed due to the uh, outbreak in that squad. And then the other two o'clock kickoffs, we have the—I know you hate me calling it a derby, but the Claret and Blue derby as West Ham take on Burnley. They neither one of them would beat Claret and Blue if it wasn't for us, so. Yes, um, and then uh, the other game we have at half two uh, at two, sorry, is Leicester versus Newcastle, which could be a very good game, I think. Yeah, close. Mm. Uh, and then we round off the weekend's action with probably one of the worst half four kickoffs we've had in a long time, as Crystal Palace take on Everton. I don't know. I think there's something to it a little bit. Palace need a win. Everton will be riding high a little bit after Monday. So there's, yeah. there's there's something. Well, there is definitely something, but not something very entertaining uh, on the cards. Um, not for you, at least. Well, yeah. Obviously, the news this week came out that Marcel Brands had left Everton, uh, and I think today another one of the uh, board members or behind the scenes workers at Everton has left or is planning to leave as well. Um, one, so. <laughs> it's not all good off the pitch for uh, Everton this season right um, we'll now have a look at the European fixtures starting off over in La Liga on Sunday we have the big one it's the Madrid derby Real Madrid versus Atleti first versus fourth and 
Atleti really need to win this to put on a real title charge. Yeah, at the moment it looks like Real are running away with it a little bit. They're the only mm. consistent team. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's not making and for a fun is, uh, race. They're the, they're the only country that's not really got a fun title race. That they're man France. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in La Liga this weekend, we have Real Betis versus Sociedad, which I think should be a very good game to uh, watch for a neutral there. And uh, Barcelona travel to Osasuna. Uh, over in uh, France now, we have the big game on Sunday as Lille take on Lyon. Two teams that are a lot lower in the table than they would like, but it's still going to be a very entertaining game nonetheless. And then... Uh, the big game of a few years ago, PSG versus Monaco, doesn't have the same feel to it as it did f- three, four years back now, but it still should be a very good game between them two sides because uh, you never know what will happen with PSG. Over in Italy, AC Milan travel to Udinese, Napoli host Empoli, Inter Milan play Cagliari, and Juventus travel to Venezia. And finally, over in the Bundesliga this weekend, Bayern Munich host Mainz on Saturday afternoon, RB Leipzig take on Borussia Mönchengladbach, and Borussia Dortmund travel to VfL Bochum. So, no real big games there this weekend. No, it's not the Madrid derby is the only like standout in terms of quality, but and there's going to be some good ones when you look back at it. Yeah, and with anything in football... You never know what to expect in the games. Right, um, we're coming towards the end of our show, but we cannot finish without doing our predictions league. Uh, this week, Brad chooses the six games for us this weekend. What have you got for us? Uh, a struggle. That's what I've got for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, first one, I have gone for Man City against Wolves. Uh for me I think Man City are going to absolutely dominate this game and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Citizens win 3-1 that's cute 2-1 Wolves wow okay do you you want to explain that one why look at Man City's record playing Wolves the last few years it's not very good and Wolves defensively Mm. have been okay so I expect yeah, Man City to. No, I expect Man City to be their predictable selves. Wolves will deal with it pretty well, hit them on the counter, and make them suffer. See, for me, I think Pep Guardiola will be pissed that they lost in midweek, and this will be their bounce back game. That's hey ho. No. Uh, game two. If I'm fully correct with that one, you can crown me. Oh yeah, I'm creating predictions link if that is the case. Yeah, but it's a game too. Chelsea against Leeds. Now this is a game where I really don't know how to see this going because Chelsea dropped off form a bit recently, not been as clinical as they were. They have got Lukaku back in and amongst the team. Uh, however, they are getting plagued with injuries, and I think. Although Leeds have had a disappointing season compared to last, where they're currently sitting 15th, I'm expecting some sort of proper fight uh, in that game. So I'm going to go with the first Desmond that we've had in a while. I'll go with 2-2. See, I've been less kind to Leeds. 
Oh, I've gone for two one Chelsea. Like I don't think Leeds will have a bad game because Bamford's back. He scored yeah. literally like not long after coming on as a sub in the last game, so mm. they will be feeling good again. They I don't think they've got Calvin Phillips in, which still mm. adds a bit of a, a loss for them. So I don't yeah. think Chelsea win this. Fair enough. Uh, and what is the final Premier League game for us this weekend that you've got? It's the half four game. Crystal Palace versus Everton. Um, oh, Jesus. I genuinely... I'm going to go with Palace to win this 2-1. I've gone for 1-1. One, one. Mm. Oh, yeah, I was also going to go with a draw, but I don't know. There's just some faith in me that... Um, they would just get a late, late goal for Palace in that game to win it. Mm, who knows with that one, to be honest. Yes. So, the game for all, we're in the European peaks, and good lord, are we not blessed? <laughs> no. So, I have gone for Rail Betis against Real Sociedad. Uh, as I just said uh, in the little bit of the preview that I did of uh, La Liga, this game could really go anyway and I'm not too sure but I'm going to go with Sociedad to win it 1-0 interesting well I've gone for 2-2 okay what have you gone for the third game or fifth game sorry the fifth game fifth game bit out there but I am in Syria I've gone for Juventus against winners of Kits of the Year, Venezia. And just so people are clear, he said Serie A, not Syria, the country, because it did sound yeah, a I bit know, like it, you said that. Every time I say Syria, it sounds like Syria. It's the regional accents. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go a 2-1 Juventus win. I've gone for a 2-0 Juventus win. Okay. Have you actually finished all or nothing? No. I haven't watched any of it this week, actually. No, honestly, I'm. This series sucks. I mean, I haven't got to the Super League yet, but I'm. This is bland. I don't know if it's the access. Only one person, well, two people have come out of this looking good. Keelini. Respects mm. that man. Yes. Uh, Buffon is as much of a legend as you expect him to be. Uh, there's stuff on Benucci as well. I think he's pretty decent. Yeah. <clears throat> But I think that was very yeah. similar to their first documentary that they had on Netflix a few years ago. It was very disappointing compared to the other All or Nothings that we have seen since. Oh, these owners are frauds. Oh, yeah, massively. Uh, anyway, back to the Predictions League. What's the final game you got for us? Well, I've gone away from Europe. Okay. I've gone. Have you gone to America? I have gone to America. <laughs> because this week is the MLS Cup final between... Portland Timbers and New York City FC. Yes, um, not a final. How do you... So this isn't the actual like, complete overall one, is it? No, it is. Oh, it is. So the Revolution, who dominated, destroyed everybody, didn't even get to the final. No. Frauds. Carlos Hill couldn't uh, get them to a final, but. New York City definitely Tiny have been Spanish man. <laughs> New York City have been the surprise package of the MLS season. Uh, for those that follow it, obviously, 
uh, in seasons Who's past. Who's their manager? Oh, God, I have no idea. Well, according to this, Ronnie Dyler, the ex-Celtic manager. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, but their main season that has been blessed was obviously Valentin Castellanos, who finished as the regular season top scorer with 21 goals. And yeah, it's a massive turnaround to where they were a few years back. Um, definitely looking on the brighter side. And obviously the Timbers are just the Timbers. They always are in and around the last few stages of uh, an MLS playoff. And for that reason, I'm going to go with them to take the victory here 2-0. We have gone a whole week without predicting the same score for a certain game. I've gone for 2-1 to the Timbers in this. Wow. Definitely an interesting moment there. We haven't gone for any same predictions. Um, Changes to fantasy team this week, as we always get the extra point. Um, I have brought in fellow Brummie and local lad to me, Rico Henry from Brentford. I've brought him into the team this week. Uh, However, I have been plagued by injuries with Shalabur injured, Ivan Tony injured, Emil Smith-Rowe potentially injured and Pierre Hoiberg not being in a game this week. So very limited to what I could do. Which is annoying. Well, I made two changes. Yeah, I said I made two changes. Thiago Silva has been brought in. I can't remember who it was I sold, but I left myself quite a bit of money. And okay. Before I re- before I realised he was playing my lot, I put in Alexander Arnold. <sighs> yeah, so I've got three Liverpool players in my team. I'm not holding much hope. <laughs> I take it you don't have Emiliano Martinez in goal then this weekend. I, I do. Um, you might want to well, change. Backup's injured, any Foster's in. Foster's out. I can't change it. You didn't change it. I got rid of Foster when he first got injured. <laughs> I'm going to do a wild card at some point anyway, so it's just... Fair enough. <clears throat> right, let's finish off with possibly the greatest segment on any podcast there is. Yep, an actual award that is fair and balanced. My word! That is quite something! I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! Honest to God, I love that every time I hear it. It never gets old. I always wonder if I have to change it now because of the, the award change. I don't know. <laughs> no, we'll keep it. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's iconic to us. Right, so what have you got for us this week? As far as I'm aware, I have three of them. Mm-hmm. Dan, I'm, I'm told you have one as well. So Yes, I do. We've gone through again. But the first one, I have to start with something that happened on Sunday involving Chelsea women's manager Emma Hayes and her post-match comments after they won the FA Cup. Top class shit housery. I didn't realise it was that at first, so it just came across as weird to me (laughs) before I knew that. But you know this context, so you explain. Yeah, so in his pre-match conference... uh... I think it was either Saturday or Friday, Arsenal manager Jonas Eideval spoke about like the superstitions he has and like he'll try he won't walk by black cats and all these other different type of superstitions he has 
he reeled off like four or five different superstitions and obviously the one about the black cat gets brought up so then after uh, the game Chelsea manager Emma Hayes after being on the winning side said the team had her purring especially after the third goal I think it was she said yeah so then she obviously goes like that and everyone takes attention to it and then what makes this whole shithousery moment not just from Emma Hayes but from Chelsea even better was Chelsea backup keeper Zachira Musovic posts a picture of her with the FA Cup trophy and puts three black cats over it so one on top of like the head of the trophy and then one on either hand which I just thought was absolute brilliant <sighs> meow <laughs> Can I get my one in because it's still pet related? Well, technically, I have one that is still Chelsea women related. Go on then. I'll lead you. I'll let you continue with Chelsea women stuff then. Yeah, because I, I, I think I already know who wins the award this week because Sam Kerr deserves the world for absolutely bodying someone who just casually just walks onto the pitch during the WUSL game, Champions League game. It women's UCL. I, I don't want it to be sure on it. Uh, UWCL. WUSL. Or is it UW? Yeah, UWCL. Anyway, the whole naming of the thing doesn't matter. Yeah, so they were playing Juventus at home at Kings Meadow where they play their games. And like you say, a fan somehow managed to get onto the pitch, tried to take some He didn't run, did it? He just walked. He's just, yeah, yeah I'm just going to selfie. Yeah. Was selfie. Tried to get yep. <laughs> selfie with some of the Chelsea players and then. He goes towards uh, Sam Kerr, who absolutely shoulder barges the lad to the floor, which makes that uh, embarrassing for him. And then... What's Kid he walks st- over. <laughs> Wait, I, need, I need to do this. Kid walks over. She's a... Oh, you bloody don't. <laughs> what did it say to you in the past about these Australian accents on the podcast? That Start one with required them. it. Mm. Uh, he then got taken off the pitch, and for some strange reason, she got yellow carded. Oh no, that was the video. That I would have been praised. That would have shook her hand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how she got yellow carded for that situation, but uh, referees in women's game is a whole different kettle of fish, and that's a whole different conversation. Not worth having. Uh, what's yeah, your... it's, it's, it's wrong. Even in this current time that we're dealing with COVID and yeah. the new variants, he just casually walked on. Yeah. Which is very alarming. Mental. I mean, and he was he was able to retweet that he had his mask half on. Yeah, and it turns out he was a Chelsea member as well because they found out. So now he's going to be banned from all Chelsea games, both men and women's. And he's done that. Yeah, Looked like an idiot. I mean, I'm all for p- players taking photographs with fans after the game and in a safe and yeah, literally. Well, we said it as well. You can get a photo at the end. They yeah. come round and say hi. Why do you need to go on the pitch? Exactly. Laughable. Throw the book at him and ban him forever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of banning orders and court appearances, <laughs> Jude Bellingham put a post on the Instagram of him in a nice, flashy suit, showing off the, the drip. And Aston Villa captain Tyrone Mings was in the comments, and he simply put, Outfit for court, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is ten out of ten. I've just seen the comment. Uh, that is absolutely 
Brilliant. My captain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to explain your pet story now? Yes. So, Bernardo Silva of Manchester City was speaking to their media, City TV, and he goes, uh, he's got a pet dog, right? And they've obviously asked, what's the pet dog called? And they've gone, John. And he go, and they're like, why? And they've named, he's named it after John Stones because he goes, I've always told him if we ever had a dog, we'd call him John. It's a great name. We love him. It suits him. He's a beautiful boy and intelligent. Bernardo, is there something you're not telling us here? <laughs> Could have at least called it Stonesy. It's, it's a bit weird when you like, that'd be like, well, it's just weird. Yeah. Could have been worse though. Could have been named after a different player. Mm, we're not getting into that. Nobody wants a dog called Benji, do they? <laughs> no. Definitely not around parties. That's the last we'll say about that. <laughs> right, uh, I believe that is all we have this week. Uh, yeah, we'll we're back. The winner. Who is the winner? You always forget who to say a winner, you move on. Um, Sam Kerr for me. She just deserves it. Yeah, I'll give it to Sam Kerr. Score was an outrageous goal in the FA Cup final and then bodies a fan midweek. Yes. What a great week for Sam Kerr and all of Australia. Fair dinkum. Right, uh, we'll be back in our usual place next week to recap all the weekend's action and talking points from around the world of football. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod to keep up to date with any news uh, around uh, anything in football and obviously our reaction to the Champions League draw next week as well. Until then, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. Enjoy the parties. Yes, but don't enjoy them too much. Uh, Until next week, we'll see you soon.